Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pays to be at the top of the hierarchy. I hope we're talking about the shoes again. Good morning. Welcome <laughs> to the stochastic.com NBA strategy show. Dave Locker and Josh Ingleman. Friday, closing out the week. Only two slates this week. Well, work week. Yeah. A lot of back-to-backs today. Nine teams of the 12 teams on the six-game slate are playing their second leg of a back-to-back. So that's what we've got going on today. Happy to have you guys with us as always. Take a single second. Atone for your sins here on a Friday morning. Hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. It goes a very long way for us. Leave a comment down below if you're listening or watching after the fact. We try and read and respond to all of them. I know Josh did mm-hmm. yesterday. And if you ever mm-hmm. want to, all of our stuff available in podcast form, Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever it may be, we got you guys covered across the board yeah man um some unflattering comments towards you yesterday yeah i'm on the wrong side of history evidently well i don't know man people the real funny thing is that like you know we'll do it like i didn't even vote for him (laughs) oh i know i know i know (laughs) like people are willing to just immediately be like phew can't ever do that again. I have yeah, no idea uns- what the, the unsubscribe. truth is. I know your yeah. political stance. Your political stance is DG- DGAF. I usually find out that I'm able to vote the day that it's happening. <laughs> by the and way, that's only because when I try to drive past the elementary school that I vote at by my house, it's more busy than normal. Oh, I thought you were going to say they turn the flashing lights on behind you. No, no, no. I do usually have to go the long way from <laughs> for legal reasons but uh man i was we'll get straight into basketball in a second i was i was really i was laughing last night to myself over so the odysseus i think it was they were you know attempting to land an, an unmanned lander on the moon for the first time are you laughing about adam's message <laughs> no what was adam's message you saw it in the uh oh the, yeah yeah not that no. <laughs> we can't say not that, that one on the street no not that not that not that uh, i laughed first time hard in 52 years and so like i'm watching it i had it on my phone and i just threw it on my tv with the apple play and i'm watching and i'm like because i was kind of i was pretty stoked about it i mean we're trying to send a man mission back to the moon in 2026 but you know this is one of the biggest uh conspiracy theories out there it's like did we actually land on the moon were we able to get through the van allen radiation belt 
all of this stuff. Did Stanley Kubrick film and produce this in a Hollywood studio? The list goes on and on, right? So all right. I could, all I, what's that? I said, right. It's true. I mean, this is a, the, 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 you should see Twitter. It's remarkable. Anyway. Never been uh, there. There were people. So, so, so what happens is the guy, like, I don't, I don't know, it, control or whatever was like, you know, Odysseus has landed on the moon. Welcome to your new home. We can confirm we have touched down this and that. But then they go, we're working to restore transmission and communication. And they had no images of it. And we've yet to see any images of it. So the first thought in my head is, yo, every person out there who believes it was faked in 1969, who believes space isn't real, right? All of that, that believes there's a, um, what do they call it? Like a fermentation or something like a, not fermentation, firmament, I think it's called. Like at the top where you can't get through like a glass, essentially dome that we're over. Maybe not glass, but you know what yes. I mean? Like an unpenetrable dome. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, man, if they weren't already full bore on the moon landing not being real and none of this being legitimate, they're about to have a field day with this one where they go, they're like, yeah, we've landed back on the moon. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have any images for you, but we will shortly. I couldn't, I couldn't help but think people would absolutely be in love with the notion that they have vindicated themselves once again. Would you go to the moon if you no. could? No. No, no chance, no chance. I've, I've would you have said? Would you have said yes to that before your kids? No, I, no, I haven't. It's still. It's, I mean, it, the chances, the chances of death have, still must be astronomical. I mean, they're certainly not astronomical. What do you mean? When was the last time that we lost a? And I, I don't know the answer to this, so you could tell me last week. When's the last time that we lost an astronaut? That's different than going to the moon. Sure. If we, we if we if we were able to do it 40 years ago or 60 years ago or whatever the time span is, I'm quite confident we're going to be better off at it now. Well, that's another one that gets people riled up is that sure. the claim the claim by is the way, I would go in a heartbeat just the for the perspective that, of looking back at the earth. And by the way, way more than 40 years ago, it was 69. Um the <laughs> claim is that nice. we that we lost all of the technology to do so. Well, that might be true. I mean, it seems like we had civilizations on this planet however many years ago that had better technology than we have now. Prior to the younger Dryas. Either way. You wouldn't want to see what the perspective is like looking back at the Earth because from everything that I've ever uh, read, that is like the, the mindfuck of all mindfucks. Well, is your question, would I go to space or would I go and attempt to land on the moon? I, I mean, both to a degree, but like... If, if we're going to get bogged down on the technicality of like being able to get onto the moon and then get back off of it, like I'm fine with that. But it, to be in a situation where you could look back. Yeah, I would. Do, would you do that? Would yeah, you I wouldn't even. Well, I wouldn't be able to because I would throw up everywhere. I can't ride. I could barely ride a roller coaster now without getting nauseous. I would for sure do it. But the moon's a different, different situation. I don't I don't think that's some easy accomplishment at all. I mean, look, I'm no, you know. I don't know, but I, I, I know it's not easy. I know, you know, I know it's not easy. I can tell you that much. So how hard could know, it be? Do you know DraftKings back in the day, like 2015, when you used to be able to like uh all they had they didn't have any of like the 
the heavy, heavy VIP programs, but they had where you could redeem your tickets for, uh, or you could redeem your, I don't even think it were crowns back in the day. It was something else, right? Like you could redeem them for contest tickets and everything. Yeah. And there was one that was a trip to the moon. I don't remember that. Did anybody ever do that? I don't know if it was real or not. It was like a hundred million points. It was probably not real. It probably wasn't, but it exists. I'm telling you, dude, it existed. It it actually existed on DraftKings. So I don't, I don't, I have no idea. But um, yeah, if it were free, I think I'd, I think I'd give it a whirl. Not the moon, but I'd go to space. It was a trip to space, I think. Actually, not obviously not the moon. It was a trip to space. I just want to see I, that perspective of looking back at the Earth. It'd be pretty amazing, really. Uh, scary, hey, man. That's when you start thinking like, oh, we are nothing. I think about that all the time, though, when you really. I forget who it was. It was one of the one of the space like mains. I think he's like the guy that spent the most amount of time on the space station for the Neil United States. Tyson. He yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> he did Rogan and he talked about. Like the perspective of looking at land masses and not seeing uh, like country borders. And that's where you start thinking, like, we are the dumbest things on the planet. We're all the same thing. And we just, like, make up this personal strife because someone lives on, like, the opposite side of a mountain range than everybody else. And you just, when you think about it like that, where, like, all of the lines of the earth that you think exist are all just fully man-made designs yeah. of splitting land. And it's just like, oh, God, we're the dumbest people ever. And also, unless you're, like, Hitler or you know, Einstein, no one's yeah. ever going to remember you. And your span of life is so minuscule, right? Like even if yeah. you live to a hundred years, it means absolutely nothing. I yeah. meant, I obviously reference Hitler or like a Genghis Khan because of the impact it's had on history. But looking back on it 2000 years from now, they'd be far less important. Like it's, you know, yeah. just kind of like, oh, I think that was something that happened back when a country called Germany existed. Yeah, it'll be like it'll be like an idiocracy when they make the time machine and they're like yeah, they're talking uh, about the UN, the un unnazified <laughs> Germany. And it's like Luke what? Wilson. Luke Wilson was the man. Old school. So, he did some so good, good stuff. Anyway, so we good. got a super chat from Jorge. Thank you, Jorge. $50. Yeah. Just showing my gratitude. Took seventh on the hundred hundred uh, K DK tournament, close to the big boss that took down a hundred K. Thanks Ooh. for everything you guys do and the Sims tools and you guys are the best in the market appreciate you man totally unnecessary but thanks and we appreciate you a lot uh yeah eh, i would have preferred tom and jorge to not be in that contest and move my <laughs> score two spots higher our ceo tom kennedy took first yeah jorge took seventh you took 11 yeah we also had aaron costa rocking the stochastic avatar take first on fanduel for 100k yesterday it was a big day for the stochastic avatars and uh Friend of the program and chief technological officer, 1-800-EDDIE, also, I believe, took down the 888. Yeah, who, um, like, along with Alex Baker, Osimo himself, built many of yeah, the I mean, tools on the site. Two of our C-suite won the two main DraftKings contests yesterday. Can't hate on that, man. Now, so that's, was it 100K for Eddie? Uh, he chopped, okay, he, he chopped first for 70 and got 75K um last night but yeah poor guy eddie in first in the 888 tom in first in the DraftKings contest 
we it was a good night for stochastic avatars. Maybe you guys should use the avatar, stochastic.com slash avatar, because if you do something like that, you get a month of whichever package you're looking for. You, you don't have to do something like that. You just got to finish top three in a field of 5,000 or more. It could be in the, the nickel. Yeah. doesn't yeah. matter. You get a $200 value of the Sims, uh, any Sims package you want. Sims in the description, by the way, uh, link in the description, link in the chat from Jordan as well, if you guys want to check it out. Uh, and while we're at it, I just wanted to, and we'll get into these games right now, just shout out uh, Noah Levinson. He, I, I, I missed this a few weeks ago, but he he already he he tweeted us and said fourth win this season with the lineup generator. Just wanted to shout him out, throw it up there. Two thousand dollars, first place in the NBA mini backs a couple of weeks back. Uh, fourth win of the year using the stochastic.com lineup generator. So shout out to Noah. Um, seems like it's been a very good season for him. You want to check any of that stuff out, guys? You know where to find it. If you ever have any questions, my DMs are open, and we have tutorials on everything. All right, let's get into it. So. How do you how do you want to do this? Because FanDuel's running all four 10 p.m. games and DraftKings is only running the six games that start at 7:30 and the last one is at eight. I think the only option is to break this down for the DraftKings side, which I know is going to be an unpopular opinion to anybody that cares about the FanDuel end, but uh four extra games is a very different experience. It changes the entire way you talk about every single game throughout the slate. Uh from a DraftKings perspective. I know Greg and I are going to hit a bit on those 10 o'clock late games tonight on the playback stream. Once again, shout out to everybody that showed up for the playback stream last night. But when we go nice live audience at 7, yesterday, real nice. We audience. Did. When we go live at 730 tonight, uh, Greg and I will definitely touch on that four game night slate. I'm certainly interested in playing that one. Uh, DraftKings is running, you know, the most accessible 100K contest for anybody today. It's the $4 micro, whatever the hell, but it's 100K up top, 100,000 entries, but four bucks to get in it. So, you know, that's the more interesting contest as well. And that I believe is uh, how we should be focused for today. Let's do it. Yeah. And obviously all of our tools have everything for FanDuel as well. So the Sims lineup generator will include everything for the FanDuel yeah. slate. Uh, boom bust tool ownership player projections all of that stuff so toronto atlanta i mentioned it at the top of the show nine of the 12 teams going today are on the second leg of a back-to-back it's awful that's a lot man that's a lot it's so dumb it's so dumb i don't I, i'm not sure i quite understand why it would i, I don't i don't get that but no that's the way it is. Raptors, Cavs, Sixers, Clippers, Wizards, Thunder, Suns, Rockets, and Pelicans, all of them on the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. Pretty significant. We'll start it off with Toronto. They're seven-point dogs against Atlanta, 245-and-a-half total. So, well, we can talk about Toronto first. And I want to get your thoughts on the front court situation for Atlanta because it's odd. Okongwu's out. Capella's back, but he's going to be on a minutes restriction. Yeah. So might get a little bit tricky there, but kick it off with Toronto, just bludgeoned the, the Brooklyn Nets yesterday. Nets get rid of their coach. It's like, all right, let's see how this team looks. First game back from the all-star break. They got dumped on man. And well, now we're looking at it. It's going into a second of a back-to-back -back for Toronto, not for Atlanta. Let's start it off with the Toronto Raptors. Get your thoughts here. They've been a tough team to target lately. I think we can both agree on that. 
Yeah, look, actually, that was a pretty good, uh, you know, I don't, we don't need to touch on Brooklyn too much, but I look at that as a success. They only lost by 28. They lost by 50 the last <laughs> time they played. So uh, we're making some progress here. Kevin Ollie, uh, step in the right direction based on their game before the break. But here for Toronto, uh, interesting team to talk about on the DK main because you have Bruce Brown, Gary Trent, Emmanuel Quickly, Jakob Pertl, and Scotty Barnes, all 15% owned. You get a little bit more love coming into RJ Barrett, where he's 25% owned. I'm not as I thought I would like Toronto more just because of this matchup against Atlanta. We're talking about 29th ranked defense on dunks and threes. They're fifth in pace. This becomes a really nice spot on paper. But I also think that most of Toronto has stabilized in price at this point now that they've really started to consolidate this rotation and they got everybody back. So I'm getting to a lot of Gary Trent. I did yesterday. He played pretty well. Well, I was getting to a lot of Gary Trent. Then we got all of the people out from six o'clock to seven o'clock. I got a bit less. He ended up still being a really good value play. He's 4,300 shooting guard only now today. Yesterday, he was 4K point guard shooting guard. So he lost his MPE, went up 300 bucks. But because we only have a six game slate, to me, he's a little bit more interesting, makes pieces fit together pretty well. We got solid minutes out of him yesterday. He's the guy that I have my eye on most just as a connector. But Bruce Brown, Jakob Hurdle quickly, right around the field on all of those guys, they all look fine. I've got like six dudes that are all 5x their salary with their projection. So it's they all to me, they all look really similar. And we kind of see that in our optimal rates too. I mentioned all of the ownership for those guys. Barnes quickly, Jakob Hurdle, Trent, Bruce Brown, all between 10 and 15% optimal as well. If one of those guys stands out to you, I get it. It is Trent for me, but it, you know, if you want to tell me that it's Barnes for you guys or Pirtle, I understand that. The guy that we want to talk about most, I think, is RJ Barrett. 25% owned, 22% optimal, so a little bit of negative leverage. He's playing you know, 34, 35 minutes a night, somewhere in that neighborhood, at least for a competitive matchup. But he's pulling 26% ownership. Now, he's shooting guard small forward, but 6,900. He's a fantasy point-per-minute guy in basically like every scenario. I think he looks good. I just don't think he looks 25% owned good. So I'm ending I'm ending up a lot lower on RJ Barrett, mostly because of the ownership. I just don't think he looks any different. I think this whole team should be right around that 15% mark. I find it easier to get away from Barrett and try to get to someone else. It's not that RJ Barrett doesn't look good. I just don't, don't think he looks different in comparison to the other five guys from the Raptors. Courtney, we have nothing against FanDuel, man. It's just a weird slate. Um, I know you're joking. Fandle hosted our NBA 2K Sims when during COVID. Sure did. They even created contests for it. So, yeah, no, it was just um, it's a weird slate. No, no hard feelings towards Fandle whatsoever. We got no. We'd end up having to talk about every single player today because you'd talk about a guy on DraftKings and that guy'd be useless on Fandle because there's four more games. You know, you get one pricing difference on Fandle and it's completely different. We we would just we'd end up mentioning everybody, and I don't think that really gets us anywhere. No, and then I think people just get more confused too because he's like, wait, he said he's a good play. Wait, what about him? Also, if you want to be a sub at Stochastic, all of that data and Sims tools and lineup generators all exist for FanDuel. How about Atlanta now? So Okongwu's out. We already know that he's a guy that even if Clint Capella was in, Okongwu, it's not like he didn't play significant minutes. I mean, that was oftentimes one of the closest center splits, right, in the league. Like one of the closest... Splits that you're going to find as far as how those 48 minutes get divvied up between those two guys. 
Kongu's out. I don't, you know, we 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 heard we got word that Capella is going to be limited. I don't know how limited he's going to be. He's fifty nine hundred. Um, does limited mean that with Okongu out, he's not going to play thirty five minutes like he would have if Okongu was in, or does it mean that he's going to continue to play? You know, the same like twenty four to twenty six minutes that he'd normally get. That's pretty much where I'm leaning. I went twenty five minutes. He's fifty nine hundred. Right. He's like. He'll probably end up being slightly overowned just because I don't think any, any any real situation in this it it implies that he has a bit more of a right tail than he does. Like I think his you, you have to kind of like cut off any chances of him playing twenty eight or twenty nine minutes. So I find him to be mostly uninteresting. Bruno Fernando's already forty four hundred, so you don't have to really worry about it there. The guy that's pulling the most ownership and it is not close. 33% optimal, 33% owned. That's $7,500 DeJounte Murray. He's got point guard, shooting guard eligibility. He's playing 36 minutes a night. 1.16 DraftKings points per minute over the past 30 days. A matchup against this terrible Toronto defense. Totally agree with those optimal rates and ownership. I think DeJounte Murray looks like one of the better options for today. Then you get the rest of this team. Bogdanovich, 7% owned. Jalen Johnson, 7% owned. Sadiq Bey, 7% owned. Trey Young, 7% owned. Very weird in that scenario. I don't have any preferences for any of those guys, except I love Jalen Johnson. And while we have his optimal rate spot on the ownership, this is a guy that I'm getting a pretty big stand on at 7,300. I have him in for 1.1. DraftKings points per minute for this game. He's been at 1.06 for the past 30 days. He plays 36 minutes a night. He's probably going to play a couple minutes at center because of the limitations for Clint Capella. They're not going to be, put it this way, they're not splitting Clint Capella and Bruno Fernando for 48 minutes. So the uh, the next guy up to play center minutes is Jalen Johnson. I think that's a benefit for him offensively at the very least, probably a benefit for him from a rebounding perspective as well. I have a ton of him right now. He's standing out to me as one of my preferred GPP plays. Uh, Someone that fit that scenario yesterday was Kyle Kuzma, and he very much became one of the preferred GPP plays. You look at this over the last, I know Toronto looked better coming out of the break, but uh, this is a team that over the last month has a bottom five defensive rating. They have not been particularly good. Meanwhile, over the last month as well, Josh, Atlanta Hawks, 29th in defensive rating. Also, yeah. one of the fastest-paced teams in the league over that stretch. I believe they're playing at the second uh, – sorry. Yeah, second fastest pace in the league over the last month uh, behind only the Washington Wizards. So, yeah, there is a uh, – there is at least stuff to talk about in this game, 245.5-point yeah. total. There isn't crazy ownership going to anyone here. I guess the question I'd ask you, and I think Jalen Johnson could be your answer, like if at the end of the day we look at this game and there end up be ends up being you know 260 combined points, which is entirely possible. Yeah. Who do you think? Who are the guys that you would like to have most? Because outside of Dejounte Murray and Barrett, no one's pulling heavy ownership for a six-game slate. No, it's it's obviously Murray, and I, I don't really see how you could like argue that one. Yeah. That optimal rate and ownership is just too good. For me, it's Jalen Johnson. Certainly no issue getting to someone like a $9,400 Trey Young, who I think grades out well. But you get into that upper... This is really the problem. That upper, like, or even just 8K, 9K range, 
It's a lot of dudes that just look really similar. You got Booker at 9,600, Mitchell at 9,500, Trey at 9,400, Maxi at 91, Harden at 89, Barnes at 88. These are all guys that have guard eligibility. They're all basically 6% owned. Picking between all of those guys, it's not like any one of them can't look good, but when you start comparing them to a group of six or seven guys that all project the same way, they all end up showing up with similar ownership. That makes Trey Young interesting in GPPs. It makes, to me, Jalen Johnson the guy that I'm a little bit more interested on for Atlanta. I think Bogdanovich is also very viable at 5,600. But as I look at Atlanta, the two guys that I will have the most of is going to be Murray and Johnson. Okay. Cleveland and Philly. So Cavs are three-and-a-half-point road favorites, 228 total here. Donovan Mitchell, I'm calling him questionable, but we don't know. They're on the second end of a back-to-back. He was out yesterday with an illness. He did go through shoot-around yesterday, but wasn't 100%, ended up not playing. Uh, DeAnthony Melton will return today. We got word from Nick Nurse that he should be back. Uh, You saw yesterday, already Evan Mobley and Darius Garland looked pretty decent at those kind of depressed price points, given that they were no longer on minutes restrictions ended up being in the winning lineups without Donovan Mitchell. Both of them dropped. What's that? Barely. Yeah. In the time that I watched Darius Garland play, he played like I would play. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, 37 minutes or whatever is going to get you there usually. And he had negative fantasy points in the second quarter at one point. I think he had three three real points at the half. Without Donovan Mitchell, too. That, That was a... That was a strange game for sure, but they, they ended up getting there just, you know, you and I talked about this yesterday. This was like, why are we playing these guys? Not for the matchup, but because they're too cheap for their minutes. And guess what? The minutes are the only thing that ended up getting them there. Yeah. I mean, I had 88% of Garland. So when we were watching him on playback, just be dog shit, it was extra special painful. I'll tell you what, if Mitchell was active and not sick, that could have looked a whole lot. That would have looked a whole lot worse. Well, he would uh, he would have just been this like GPP pivot play for me and not the lock button that he was before that. But once Mitchell went out, it was like everybody got there. Yeah, right. But I'm saying even in the morning when Mitchell was when we had Mitchell in, you had talked about Garland being a good price point. Well, we talked about it a little bit on the process show this morning, too, like. I kind of liked Garland more because I thought that Mitchell would get the Jalen Suggs treatment. And then Mitchell went out. Everybody likes him. He becomes a better play. But then he's going to get Jalen Suggs. Suggs got hurt, left the game. Yeah, that's helpful. Which was quite helpful for Darius Garland down the stretch because Jalen, I mean, Jalen Suggs is one of the better guard defenders in the league. For sure. Well, Mitchell's questionable now. I'm assuming he's in. You know, another 24 hours to get right. Still was at shoot around yesterday. I don't know where you're at on this, but my assumption would be that he plays tonight. I, I have him in right now. Uh, makes this Cleveland team really interesting here against Philly because even with Donovan Mitchell in, we still have really nice pricing. Garland is up to 6300 so we went up $400 from that price tag yesterday. We knew that was going to happen. He's never going back down below 6 k That said... Uh, 25% owned. We have him 20% optimal. I tend to just run higher on Garland. I also went 34 minutes. We went 32. So there's a little disparity there. He's in 75% of my stuff once again. I'm going straight back to Darius Garland. But it's not just that. 7K power forward center Evan Mobley is 25% owned, 20% optimal. He's a guy that I'm taking a stand on. I really like this spot for him. 
against Philly. We're seeing Jared Allen get 25% ownership as well. He's 7,100 center only. A little bit lower of an optimal rate at just 18%. So he's showing some pretty sizable negative leverage. But at the same time, he's been playing great. 1.2 fantasy points per minute uh, recently. I have him at 1.1 for the game, and I'm still getting there. We're getting Max Struess and Isaac Okoro showing up as like around 10% owned guys. Uh, the Struess one is fine. The Okoro one is fine. Neither one of those guys are going to make you feel great. I think the hardest guy to get to is Donovan Mitchell, 9,500. Not really pulling much ownership. Certainly has the upside to be more interesting, but it's no different than the way that we just talked about Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young's in a, a just as good of a spot against Toronto. Much better total for that game, but neither one of those guys is getting all that much love. No, they're not. And, you know, look, this is Sixers coughed up 69 first half points yesterday yeah. to the to the Knicks. This is a bad defense. They, they, are, they are. Now, Melton returning helps them a little bit. I don't want to ignore that. Like, I, I still think Melton's return to the lineup, while it may not be, you know, critical, it, it, it makes a difference. Do you think – so Batum was back yesterday, yeah. right? Do you think we just see Batum go to the bench, he'll go to the three, Melton started the two? I don't think Melton starts today. No? No, I, I assume they bring him back. Slowly? Yeah, there, there's no real incentive. Um, so then I mean, same, He certainly can, but like, he's been out for a while now. What's that? He's been out for a pretty long time. Yeah, so same, same lineup as yesterday, Melton off the bench. If... So maybe, because I don't know if Batum plays the back-to-back. True. Maybe, maybe they start Lowry at the one and Maxi at the two. They would never do that. Um, uh, they could, they could move Ubre right back in and start Tobias Harris at the four today. I think that would be totally reasonable if they wanted to go that direction. I don't think it matters too much. Like whether Melton's starting or not, it's not like they're playing him 30 something minutes today. I think he's going to play like 20, 22. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal either. I don't think you're really playing Philly for anything here. Cleveland's defense is great. They're, the pace is awful. The highest owned dude is 4% to Buddy Heald. The highest optimal guy is 5% to Tyrese Maxey. I only got two shares of Buddy Heald, and that's it. So I'm not sure it even matters who starts today unless they just sit like four different guys. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's particularly important either. It, it, it was, though, going forward, and you mentioned this yesterday, something to keep an eye on. Lowry played 25 minutes yesterday. Kyle Lowry played 25 minutes uh, yesterday. He played 18 minutes alongside Tyrese Maxey. And, you know, that's something that is without question going to affect Tyrese Maxey from a distribution standpoint. Both of them 25% assist rate when they were on the floor together. But, uh, yeah, if Lowry, I know Maxey played, what, 40 minutes or something? But yeah. if and I think he lost a little bit at the end, he did actually. But if Lowry's going to play that many minutes alongside, you got to keep you got to keep an eye on that man. And Lowry certainly could have missed a little bit more time. I mean, he got split open by an elbow and had to go to the locker room for a bit right. too. So uh, there's no telling. I mean, look, he's what's the alternative? You play campaign like the, right. No matter what we thought of Kyle Lowry. Like defensively, at the very least, he is still a very real guard player for yeah. the Sixers. He's not what he used to be, but you got to stop comparing him to that because that's not really what he's going to be used for. But in terms of still being a real NBA player, like, yeah, he's going to be out there and get a chunk of time. 4,200 for him. 
you kind of have to feel really good about the minutes because he's really not a great like per minute dude at this point. He doesn't really have that sort of like scoring instinct. He's going to run into a hell of a time getting to the rim against and, and like with Evan Mobley or Jared Allen meeting him there. But in the future, we, I like we could very easily see Kyle Lowry playing 24 minutes a night with consistency when they're fully healthy. I think so too. And in good matchups, if that price, you know, for all we know, that price comes down even further after today. It's against Cleveland. No one's going to play him. And then he just pops up against a bad team at like 3,900. Yeah. 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 No reason to suspect that like Lowry's price can't go down. Right. Yeah. He'll, I, there will be times where he's viable, but it, there's no doubt it's going to hurt guys like Buddy Heald. And, and like if he's out there that much with Maxi, it's going to end up being a problem. And you know what else is just going to happen? Lowry getting additional minutes, like 24, 25 a night. It's just going to it's going to hurt the whole team from a it's just going to not help anybody, really, outside no. of maybe Kyle Lowry. Yeah, it might it might help Embiid, like if Embiid were active, but that's not oh, going to be yeah, really mattering for the rest of the regular season. Yeah. For sure. I meant if Embiid was out. If he was in, it probably would help Joel Embiid, actually. But uh, I, I, we don't really need to spend any more time on this. Just thought, interesting no. wrinkle going forward now that he's made his debut with Philly and actually played a lot. I don't see how you can really play anyone from Philly with any confidence whatsoever. They have 11% aggregate ownership. That's the lowest of any of the 12 teams that play on the DK slate. That's half of what Memphis is getting so, for reference. Like, this is the most unowned team today. Yeah. All right, Clippers and Memphis. You think we'll get props on Kyle Lowry for today? Why, you want to bet over or under five and a half real points? Well, I was thinking when we do the playback stream, it's just always fun to 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 hit some live betting opportunities and and build out some parlays, build some prize picks cards and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking sometimes that, <laughs> that wilds, I remember being on the playback stream sweating like under a half a three-pointer from from who you know Kelly yeah. Olinick or something and those are not fun sweats at all. When you're betting on when you're betting under markets but the the line is where literally one thing happens and you lose yeah. over oh, 48 minutes it is the worst experience ever. It doesn't mean it's not a good bet cuz oftentimes it is as long as the line is right as long as you're getting um you know as as long as the true you're getting better odds than the, than the true odds, but um, yeah, that's a horrible feeling. What was the? Do you remember what bet you had when PJ Tucker made that three that was just a pass that went in? Yeah, it was PJ Tucker. Um, that was an over. You're talking about the one that I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was PJ Tucker. Uh, it wasn't they would never set his line at two and a half points that'd be crazy because he was just chucking threes i, I want to say was, it was like five and a half or six and a half or something like that i think it was four and a half and he had two and it was like end of the game end of the game like man how how i'm gonna lose this and he just lobbed one up that went in and got me over the four and a half i think that's what it was right Something like that, yeah. I was, I'm I'm picturing it now that you're talking about it. Like, but that. it was another one of those bets where, like, this it's just miserable. At least with the over bets on those, it's fun because if they're out there, they only need one. Oftentimes, yeah. But when they only need one for you to lose, it's even worse. Yeah, it really is. And now, if you guys if you guys want to hang out on playback tonight, 
We had a really nice crowd. I wasn't on it. I'm going to jump on with you guys tonight. But uh, cool. Yeah, really nice crowd yesterday. A lot of fun building out uh, cards, talking late swap, uh, whether it's prize picks, betting, DFS, late swap, watching the games because all of the games with NBA League Pass are out there on it. And we can give away a, v a lot of VIP passes we can. to people. You know, so even if you don't have League Pass, you can come and watch with us. Perfectly synced up. Everything's right there. There's no delay. So everything we're seeing and talking about, you're seeing it at the exact same time. Uh, yeah, really fun. Link in the it description is. for playback. Just sign up. You can download it on your phone as well. They have a pretty slick app as well. It was the best. It's a Every new feature that gets added is going to feel like it's revolutionary too. You're going to be so pumped as they add more and more. But even just as simple as us being able to be on there, you know, turn the game volume down a little bit, turn us up a little bit, and we're just watching basketball, shooting the shit. We're going to build a par uh, prize picks card tonight when we're live. Uh, we're, we did a parlay yesterday. We're going to do a prize picks card tonight when we go live. We're going to talk about those 10 o'clock games as well. Should be a good one. Yeah, you can really dig into the 10 o'clock games. You won't have any restrictions there. Right. Clippers, Memphis. By the way, I hate this new YouTube layout. If you guys are on like desktop, or, or a laptop or whatever, and you're looking for any of the links in the description, like Sims lineup generator or playback or anything else, uh, click out of the live chat and you'll see it. I hate it though. I do not like this new layout at all. And I made myself pretty clear about that on Twitter yesterday. I, I guess I don't have it. So I don't think it is. I don't think it's universal yet. I don't think everybody has it, but mine is way different. And I thought I was crazy and the, Something happened to my computer, but I went on Twitter and a lot of other people have it too. So it's not everyone, but okay. now it's like on the video player under it are, is just other videos that you can scroll instead of remember where the chat used to be down there. Yeah. And then on the right side would be like all those videos that you can scroll. Now it's comments or live chat. And then there's no description to be found unless you click out of the live chat. That kind that sounds like it sucks. It it's hard suck. for me to picture, but that sounds it's, like it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Clippers and Memphis, 222 and a half total. Clippers, nine-point road favorites. Jaron Jackson, only piece of news here, really, is Jaron Jackson's probable. It looks like the Grizzlies in a few weeks should be getting some reinforcements back, but that's a little ways down the road. Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain. Doesn't even matter at this point. They won't, they won't come back. I don't think. You don't think so? Why would they? I think they will. I doubt it. Clippers nine point favorites. They're on a back to back. Is there any reason to believe here that that somebody may sit? Uh, strikes me as the type of game that you would want to sit somebody. You would think it, so. What with Memphis being on the opposite side, and the only thing that matters for the Clippers is making sure that Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and James Harden are healthy for that moment. So I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, hopefully, Avica Zubats plays because he is 5,400, and I think one of the better plays for today. We have him 22% owned, 16% optimal, so a bit of negative leverage. He's in, uh, I'm 2Xing the field on Zubats right now. 5,400 is just too low of a price tag, especially in this matchup. He should own the boards in, in, a, in a major way. And not only that, but we got the report yesterday. Now, did it matter? Uh, for yesterday? No, he played, I mean, he played 29 and a half minutes, but we got told before the game that he is no longer on any sort of restrictions coming off of that calf injury. So 
you have to assume they only played Mason Plumlee eight minutes. They didn't even, they went small. Like they didn't even try to play 48 minutes worth of a center. So I think you're going to get 28, 29, 30 minutes out of Avita Zubats every night moving forward that he can be out there now that he's not limited. And at 5,400, I just expect his price to be higher than this in another game or two. So it's another spot where we just kind of know that we have built-in value for Zubats now that he's healthy again. And I think that stands out, especially in a matchup against Memphis. What do we have his ownership at right now? 22. How much are you getting? 44. Okay. And I don't have a single share of anybody else from the Clippers. That's the only one, huh? Yo, your your YouTube screen sucks. I, the one I just sent to you? Yeah. Yeah. And they must no like way, me better. There's no way you can put it back to the to the you can you can't revert it back to the other one. Like you can't toggle on or off the new layout. Yeah, see my I have the description right underneath it right now. Yeah, I wish I did. Anyway, I ran the Sims earlier. I was just seeing if I what what clipper exposure looked like. Uh I have 34% Zubots and 3% Kawhi Leonard. That's assuming he plays. That's it. Yeah. I have one out of 150, one James Harden lineup. Yeah, right now I just I, I find them very like we have some nice positive leverage on James Harden, some positive leverage on Kawhi Leonard for sure at these low ownership numbers, but I did not get to them myself. What about Memphis? Brutal team. Jaron Jackson is, you know, at least good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't there's not much analysis to really present here when it comes to this team. Jaron Jackson's a good basketball player. If, if if he's good to go and he and he and he gets his normal minutes and this game isn't over by halftime, he can always put up big numbers. Has big stock upside uh, across the board, pretty much everywhere. We have him nine percent owned right now in the Sims uh, in the pool ownership. Uh, my Sims run got me to about fourteen percent, but that's it. Nothing else for Memphis. I got eight percent of Jaron Jackson. I actually thought I would get a lot more just because I tend to have him projected higher than everybody else. I still couldn't even really get to him. And I'd love to talk more about Memphis. Lucky for us, next highest owned guy after Jaron Jackson is Santi Aldama at three and a half. He's also 8% optimal. I don't know who plays. Like, I don't have a concept of, I'm not confident in what their starting lineup is. I'm not even really confident in what their rotation is. Jake LaRavia is questionable. Maybe he comes back and usurps Lamar Stevens. I don't know. I mean, I assume they're going to keep playing Gigi Jackson. I don't know why they wouldn't. Uh, you know, he's an actual dude that has a future here for Memphis. But as I look at it, terrible matchup. Not really all that great from a pricing standpoint. And unless you have enough confidence that the non-Jaron Jackson, Vince William guys can get to 30 minutes, I don't really see how you get to anything else from Memphis other than like your random lineups. If Jordan Goodwin starts again, that's kind of interesting, but he's already 5,100 there's just not a lot here, and I'm not mad about that at all because I, I'm tired of rostering these shitty Grizzlies dudes. All right, well then we need to talk about the Washington Wizards. Do we? They're about they're, they're gonna they're gonna get a new guy shortly. Uh, OKC just cut Poku, so he seems like the perfect wizard. Oh, Pogoshevsky. Yeah. Well, yesterday was unsurprisingly a blowout. Yep. Nuggets were 15 point favorites. The Thunder are 16-point favorites today against the Wizards. Yeah. 
Mind you, both of these teams are on the second of a back-to-back, not just yeah. the Wizards. Yeah. The ownership that we have going to Tyus Jones. Yeah. That we have going to, well, put it this way. A lot of this Wizards team is horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I don't, I don't like, look, the Tyus Jones ownership will come down. Uh, he won't be 46 through like if Locke were soon and we had other runs and every, all the data was out there. I think he'd probably be in that like mid thirties range. Still, we got, still a lot of ownership. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's 28% optimal. That's the most optimal play from Washington. But I think the ownership is a little inflated for a guy that like nothing interesting is happening to create that. I usually see those types of plays come down. I have 24%. Like he certainly looks good. He's playing North of 30 minutes. It's probably an improved performance with Jordan Poole no longer in the starting lineup. Um, I don't know if you saw that or not last night. What? Jordan Poole out of the starting lineup for the Wizards. Yeah, still played 30 minutes, but yes, yeah. out of the starting lineup. So uh, no problems with the Tyus Jones ownership. You're probably looking at him in cash games as well. You got Bilal Koulibaly moving into the starting lineup, 4,200, shooting guard, small forward. Horrific per minute, dude. 0.7 is where I have him as a baseline. 0.6 is where he's been over the past 30 days. You need every bit of the minutes that he's going to play to be like really interesting. The problem is the price and the position, incredibly flexible for today. And he's the kind of guy that probably eats more minutes just by default because he's young. Actually, I have 30% of him. I don't love that. Kuzma's right here again now, 16% owned, basically 16% optimal. I have 16%. He's 7,400, power forward center. He's the guy that I would have liked to get to a little bit more of, but I'm just neutral to the field. Denny is still out there, 20% optimal, 23% owned. That piece stands out. Even Corey Kispert is double-digit optimal, double-digit owned. That's interesting to me. Bagley's double-digit optimal, double-digit owned. There's so much ownership and optimal rate coming in for a Washington team that is projected to just get the shit kicked out of them by Oklahoma City. It's a tricky spot because Oklahoma City is not really the type of team that plays down to their competition like this. They are usually so organized that a team like Washington is just not going to be able to get it done. And with them playing five out against a Bagley team, you just expect them to go out there and and bludgeon them. And that's why you see a 15-point line. But unfortunately, on a six-game slate, with the way that minutes and pricing is set up, we're paying attention to Washington way more than we want to. You know, it's funny yesterday because they lost four and a half minutes to blowout run at the end. Tyus Jones was pacing 35 and a half minutes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're there. Koulibaly was pacing 36 minutes. Yeah. Kuzma, 35 and a half minutes. I mean, I assume Poole would have closed that game. He was pacing 34 and a half minutes. Does that mean, does that necessarily mean that we should be all projecting all of these guys for 35, 36 minutes today? I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that like the minutes, let's just say this game could stay remotely competitive. The minutes are not an issue for these guys. No, they were earlier in the season. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're so used to getting like destroyed. Yeah, that you go to those guys earlier in like a third, late third quarter, early fourth quarter rotation, knowing that they're probably not and that's, actually getting that run. That's why I'm saying it's tough to kind of just prorate those minutes. Yeah, when it could have been like, you know, they're front loading those minutes earlier in the game. Right, like 
yeah, they didn't play the final 422, but at the same time, like they knew they weren't going to be playing that and went for it earlier. Right. Like if this is a five point game at halftime, does do things look different from a minute's perspective? I don't think those guys immediately come in in the fourth. I think they stretch that out a little bit. Right. This was a last gasp effort type deal. You kind of cut you cut you cut like two minutes off the front of those rotations to Correct. add them into the back again. Correct. So you like you cut two to gain four. Yep. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're thinking too far into it, but you see teams do this a lot. You do. Yeah. Washington's popular though. They're real I know. popular. It sucks, man. Well, you know what else sucks about it? They're not facing the Pacers. No. They're not facing the Hornets, who got a road win in Utah yesterday. Uh they're facing the thunder and that sucks. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, look, I pulled this data from yesterday, but thunder are third in net rating fourth and offensive rating fifth in defensive rating. I mean, this is just bad across the board. Right. So they crush like, them. On I mean, here, here's the real key. The wizards don't have a starter that could start for the thunder. The Wizards don't have a starter that could start for the Thunder, you said? Like, somebody's probably going to be like, well, Kuzma would start, and you'd want to take Giddy out. But, like, I would argue that you could take Giddy out for a different Thunder guy and make that lineup better. Well, I would say this much. that you, Even if you wanted to make all of those arguments, there's no clear-cut guy that would be like, oh, yeah, he's an instant starter. I mean, Jalen Williams... Shay and Chet are like, there is no, we're not even locked able to in, have the conversation. In. I don't think you're able to have the conversation for Lou Dort. You want to, you want to go Kuzma over Dort, whatever I'm talking like from a size perspective, things start to change a little bit. The last spot is basically giddy versus Kuzma. And like, I don't know, like I'm not a big giddy fan, but that that's more me just wanting them to start someone other than giddy. SGA we got to remember that Kyle Kuzma is not good. Like that's that's the key takeaway. There's a really good reason why Washington sucks. Kuzma has a lot to do with it. SGA is pulling twelve percent today. Kind of interesting too because, uh, like Embiid's the highest priced player who's not playing. Right. I'm just saying, like if you were to take everyone that's on the that's that has a salary, SGA is the highest by twelve hundred dollars on DraftKings. Yeah. All right. And then you drop down to KD and Booker. Bradley Beal unlikely to play today. So there's that. And then it's Donovan Mitchell who's questionable. Well, likely will be questionable. Maybe not. We'll know later. There, there, you don't have you don't have a Giannis or a Doncic on this slate. You don't have a Nikola Jokic on this slate. None of these guys, right? So SGA, the highest priced player by a mile on this slate. I'm wondering, like, how much different do lineups look like if you have or don't have SGA today? Because it's an objectively great spot for it. It is. Um, I don't have much uh, because I find that range below him a little bit easier to get to. And this just screams a day where, like, SGA plays 27 minutes because they're just – like, not that I, I – you know, I'm projecting him for 35 minutes. It's not like I'm avoiding him like that. But it just seems like a situation where – you're not going to get a full run of SGA because this one is just over. Like Washington just never competes. It's not even like sometimes they're out there. It's never good. And it's he can just still never get, good. He can still get there. I mean, we yeah. saw it against Charlotte a couple of weeks back when you and I talked about the blowout risk, but um, played 30 minutes, never stepped on the floor for the fourth quarter. Granted, he had eight stocks. So that's uh, a little bit. 
You know what's crazy about this guy? Is there anybody that is more consistently within like such a narrow window of points? Yeah. Every single game. It's like every game you look at it is like, oh, he scored 32 again. Oh, yeah. That's like every every time I swear, man, it's like, don't get me wrong. He can have the, the random outlier. But I've he reminds seen... me of Kawhi. Very much so. Because Kawhi yeah. just feels like he always has 25, 6, and 6. Like, no matter you know, how he starts the game. It's like it's robotic almost. Yeah. You know? It's just always the, oh, he had 31, 4, and 7. 32, 3, and 6. 29, yeah. 5, and 7. Like, it's just the, the, the game logs, just looking at how he's performed. It's really it's it's interesting to me how often he stays within that kind of band of of scoring. It's just it it just comes so easy to him because he's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he's incredibly consistent as well. Yeah, uh, I, I'm very curious to see where they finish in the standings. I want to see if he gets the MVP. You think he could? If they finish first in the West, I think he has to. Even if they finish second, I think he has to. It sort of depends on where Denver ends up. But to me, I mean, I think he's the runaway winner right now. And with Embiid out of it. Yeah. Do you want to know what the odds are on DraftKings? I know it's him and Jokic are both pretty close to each other around the even money mark. Like, I'm just using general terms here. But I know they were the two leaders in the clubhouse. Jokic, and obviously these things changed significantly from book to book. But Jokic minus 140. SGA is plus 220 right now. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, to me, that's the bet to take if I'm betting on the MVP. Doncic plus 650, Giannis t- plus 1,000. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, to me, it's a two, like, it's a two and a half horse race between SGA, Luca, or sorry, SGA, Jokic, and Giannis. What are you doing with the rest of OKC today? Because Jalen Williams is getting far more ownership than anyone else on this on this team. Chet Holmgren, seventy six hundred. Um, yeah, it's a great spot for SGA, but there are some there are some red not red flags, but there's some concerns at that price point, especially when you're the only guy up there and you're a sixteen point home favorite. I wish I had more SGA, and I'm hoping that changes by the end of the day. I mean, I have him at 1.6 DK points per minute, so it's not like I'm being stingy. And I gave him an extra minute on top of what we have. The interesting piece here is Jalen Williams at 7,200, who's 27% owned, 15% optimal. So we've got pretty sizable negative leverage. I'm with the field here. I think this is just an incredible spot for him. His scoring average, I believe I saw this tweet, his scoring average for every month of his career has gone up the next month. And now he's upwards of like 22 real points a game. Like this dude is wow. legit good. Like crazy good. And I don't think anybody really realizes it. And he is still super young. This team but then is you're... legit good. I mean, it... oh yeah. And they are going to be stacked for a decade because they have an infinite amount of draft picks to make their team better moving forward. You know, the more I look at this slate and the more I look at this game, I'm more inclined to go, all right, well, getting pieces from this makes sense, but we can get $3,000 discounts, $3,000 plus discounts from SGA and still get exposure to really good basketball players facing the Wizards tonight. 
I wish I was getting more. I'm getting to everything here, though. I'm getting Chet. I'm getting Giddy. I'm getting Dort. Like, I'm hitting every bit of their starting lineup. The only guy that I'm light on is Shea. And I don't, like, that's not me advocating for it. I try to get him. It, you should feel good about rostering Shea here against the garbage Wizards. Well, what I'm saying, though, is that it does. it shouldn't feel as bad just knowing that you've got a good amount of OKC in this yeah. matchup. You're not fading the matchup. You're... No. unintentionally fading that price point yeah you know it's that's it's it's just a the, the problem really lies in this like seven and eight k range where everybody is just like a little bit underpriced it's really easy to go balanced and get a couple of those dudes instead of one and then find a value piece somewhere i'll tell you i'm getting 24 percent chat right now it's 24 percent chat in this first run on the sims not bad. I'll take it. Anyone can go off against this team tonight. Two games to go. Phoenix and Houston, 233.5 total. Uh, again, both of these teams on a back-to-back. -back. As far as Bradley Beal goes, uh, the, the word on the streets here is that he's unlikely to play tonight as well. Yeah. Dealing with, you know, multiple injuries. So what does that do for us when we come to essentially identically priced uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They're a hundred dollars separated on DraftKings right now going up against Houston, pretty neutral matchup. Uh, do you have a preference here? Grayson Allen, <laughs> Royce okay. O'Neal. They're the two guys I got. Uh, I don't really have much Booker. I don't really have much Durant. They do look totally fine. But again, it's just this 9K range where it's like, well, do you prefer those guys to to Maxi, to Mitchell, to Trey Young, to James Harden? Like all these guys just look so similar that I don't end up getting any stands on the payup options. I just circle through them. Um, it's Royce O'Neal to me who played big minutes yesterday. He's 4,100 small forward power forward with no Beal around. I think he's going to get those minutes again. He is the most optimal guy that we have in our boom bust tool at 17% optimal. And then you get someone like Grayson Allen, who every time Bradley Beal is out, you certainly lock him into an extra minute or two. He's going to be able to take a couple extra shots as well. He's been shooting the lights out this entire season. He's 5,400, but shooting guard small forward. Now he's a terrible per minute dude, somewhere in that 0.75 range. Uh, and this isn't really that kind of matchup either, but with those minutes and that positionality, he becomes the easiest guy for me to get to. Then you have Nurkic, Durant, Eric Gordon, all around 10% owned, scattered amounts of them. But I, I think that ownership is telling the right story for Royce O'Neal. And then my preference of anybody else for Phoenix is actually Grayson Allen. Shark Killer said there must have been a ton of black people having babies with the names Jalen, 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 and three different spellings. My people love them some Jalen's. Jalen Rose, baby. Dude, I was thinking about this the other day, and Shark Killer, I know I'm white, but I, I was thinking about this the other day. If I had a, a boy, I have two girls, I would heavily consider the name Jalen. It's a great name. How would I spell it? I don't know. I but mean, surely you'd put a Y in it. Jalen Lochran? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, because both of my daughters... Yeah. Yalen? Y-A-L-E-N? <laughs> Is that how you would do it? Can, are there any white dudes with the name Jalen? Probably not. We'll appropriate that soon enough, I'm sure. 
why not though? It sounds like a pretty, you know, cross the boundaries type of name. Right? Uh, Doesn't it? Like I actually think a guy that I know from high school named one of his kids Jalen, but it might be Jaken. Fuck, I don't know. He shit out like 10 kids. Huh. It's all Jalen Rose's fault. It's a great name. You're right. It never though, existed right? until him. He he he's the he's the purveyor of this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he actually is that true? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as true as like you can back the data up to that point. It makes a lot of sense for tracking the names. Uh, hold on a second. Hey, good call. Good call, Jalen Beeks. I didn't know he was white. That's why I didn't answer it like that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. All right. Steve, what are you talking about? I, I'm not even I'm not even going to I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. So if you I want to back up for a second. Let's say you're not getting to a lot of Durant, you're not getting to a ton of SGA, you're not getting to a ton of Booker. Yeah. There's no way you're getting to a lot of Maxi. Nope. So then are we looking at far more balanced lineups? Yeah, I think so. At least I am. Um, like a lot of it, because it's the 7K range from what we've talked about today already looks really, really good. So SGA, 4% for me. Durant, 6. Booker, 6. Mitchell, 4. Trey, 6. Maxi, 0. I just don't really have anybody 9K or above with any sort of, like they're just randomly entered into my lineups. I have so much of the 7K range. 40% Evan Mobley, 50% Jalen Johnson, 40% DeJounte Murray, 10 plus of Jared Allen, Tyler Hero, Kyle Kuzma, Chet Holmgren, Zion Williamson. I've got 20 of Shingoon. I'm just overloading the 7 and 8K range right now. And okay. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we just don't have as much low, low value. Right. The 7K range certainly looks good. There's no doubt about it. And it's just interesting that even with 6K, you... Durant's on the slate, Booker's on the slate, likely no Beal, SGA against Washington, Maxi. Um, I mean, I would imagine you wouldn't get to a ton of Mitchell if he played either. No, I, and I hope he does, honestly, because I just don't want to funnel Cleveland again the same way right. that we did yesterday. But even still, like at 9,500, he's just sort of appropriately priced. So it's Royce O'Neal, it's Grayson Allen, huh? It's, it's Royce O'Neal as the one that like everybody would agree with as a value option. Grayson Allen, for right now, appears to be the guy that I'm taking a little bit of a stand on. Yusuf Nurkic is tough with the minutes, man. I tough. I can't believe how much he's played this year. Look, I'm a huge Yusuf Nurkic. I love that guy. Okay, uh, I love the story about his dad and all of like, you know what I'm talking about? You're terrifying man. Yeah, Hari Nurkic. Look up, look up the stories uh, about Hari. I'm, it sounds like it sounds like an urban legend, with how ridiculous it is that he took on like eight guys as a police officer in Bosnia. <laughs> I mean, he looks like if anybody's going to do it, it looks like it to be him. Yeah, yeah, he's. Could a you monster. imagine bumping into him in an alley and like spilling a beer on his sneakers? I wouldn't even apologize. I would run. 
Because I would, I would probably just cry and beg for mercy. Because, well, I could outrun him. I know that. I don't think he can outrun bullets. He's seven foot. Until he hits you with a tire iron before you even notice. No, just no, just throws it at you. It goes right through you. Yeah. Uh, seven foot four hundred pounds. <laughs> And he's scary looking too. Scary. How looking. big? How big of a weapon do you think you would need before you felt like you were the favorite in that fight? If you, if, like, if you had, if the only difference, you two are locked in a, a cage of nothing, like nothing else is there. But and he can't take it from you <laughs> because that doesn't help either. The only thing you have is a police baton. I, I'm taking Nurk's dad. Is this a joke? I'm dead serious. Yes. You're, if you or I had nothing but a police baton against Horace Nurkic in an yeah. octagon. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, he wouldn't feel it. Okay. What about a little league bat? I'd still take him. Okay. I'm saying Knife? I would still take him to win. Knife. How long is the blade? All right. We'll start at the bottom. Uh, Swiss Army knife. He would eat that. Yeah. Uh, butter knife. It would bend. <laughs> okay. Standard issue chef's knife. We're talking eight to ten inch blade. Okay. Uh, you're in a confined area that makes it tough. That's a lot closer. You got to pray that your first poke hits uh, like an important spot. Because if it's a flesh wound, it's just going to piss gonna, him off. He's going to break your arm off your body. Yeah. It really is like machete. Yeah, I was going to go straight. I was going to go straight to gun. I yeah. was going to go straight, straight up the list, man. Like I needed, taser, he's just going to walk through. I'm like taser ED. I was thinking RPG. Yeah, that sounds about right. Just. <laughs> Probably got to take yourself out with it. Just yeah. a grenade and hold it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If it, that would be a terrifying experience. I think even if you had a gun and you were in the ring with him, you're just like, I know how to shoot. So that's one thing. But if you put someone in there that was completely untrained, I still think it's very possible that even with a gun, they lose. I think it'd be a lot like uh, Game of Thrones when uh, Pedro Pascal is going to kill the mountain. Like... You're probably going to, like, you might win. But you take damage. But you're also not going to win. Yeah. What, he is might that take the guy four the guy or that... five to the chest, but still get you for 15 seconds. And was then... that the guy who, who uh, the mountain crushed his head? Yeah. What a like, the mountain didn't come out of that one great, but the mountain was also the winner. I got to go back and watch that scene. That's one of the greatest scenes ever. That was awesome. Yeah, I hated it. Why? Because you didn't want the mountain to win? I just wanted him to stab him in the face and be done with it. Right. Like, oh, yeah. He got cocky. Yeah. He got arrogant. Well, it's not so much arrogance as it was he wanted to uh, redeem the uh, distasteful way that uh, the mountain handled his sister. Didn't work out for him all that well now, did it? Sure didn't. And now he's in the, the wilderness with a mushroom growing all over everything. <laughs> Running, running around with uh oh my god what is her name i can't remember any of them doesn't matter 
I don't know. Doesn't matter. Can we- Josh reminds me of King Joffrey. I appreciate that's the best compliment I've ever had on the show. <laughs> yeah, he would take that as a you would take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. I you I remind you of a king. Cool. Of a tyrant. He's a child, man. A what are we talking about? He's like fifteen. A petulant, tyrannical child king. Yeah, that's just so we're clear. That's what whoever said that in chat is trying to say. Yeah. He would have been like a total sissy, wouldn't go out on the battlefield, be like, I got <laughs> stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all yeah. of this fits. All of it fits. I would have uh, stuck around with Sansa for a little bit. I, I, I thought he played that one poorly. But once once Marjorie <laughs> got in there, it was just like, all right, upgrade. I can go chill in beaches of Dorne with her. Yeah, that's well, the spot. Marjorie, clear downgrade. What? Clear downgrade. You're out of your mind. That is, you will not, that it will not be a universal opinion. Marjorie, the one with the the nose. I mean, yeah, she had, had a nose. Like that nose? I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Never really paid attention to her nose. There were better features that were more primary here for me, but there's no chance. Marjorie over Sansa all day, all day. Universal opinion. Disagree. Can we stop going back to Fred Van Vliet? <laughs> this guy. I don't even, I don't know if he plays today. Yeah, me neither. 13% coming off another underwhelming game. I have zero as of right now, but at 6,700, he's certainly interesting. I like Shingoon here. Um, 8,500, 6% owned. That to me feels like a fun GPP play for today. Now I do have him, I don't want to say over projected, but uh, I have him projected in a loftier manner than others. But I see him as like a very interesting GPP option on a six gamer to get Shingun 85. Like we're talking about a guy that can go for 60 today at 6% ownership. That's the most intriguing piece. Cause it's not like he's going up against 34 minutes of Nurk. He's going to get like 24 minutes of Nurk at, you know, a couple minutes of somebody else. Sure. So I like him the most of anybody else on this team, but I have assorted shares of Brooks and Van Vliet. Well, Brooks and Smith, and then Van Vliet is actually the guy pulling the most ownership. Should we wrap this up with Miami and New Orleans? Uh, chats with me, by the way. Sure. Seem, seemed like a mixed bag, if you ask me. No, it's not. I'll be honest. If there was one, if there was one of them that really, oh no, got me fired up, really liked. Why do you say oh no? Well, because I figured you were going to name like Hodor. I really liked Brienne of Tarth. I mean, there's got to be something we're missing if Jamie's in. Wait, what? I mean, Jamie was like, he took a spin at it and he's like, that'd be like Leo hitting it. Did he take a spin? Yeah. Then he bailed. Well, uh, and obviously Tormund wanted wanted to, but he was a crazy person. Maybe Brienne. Yeah, may, listen, I don't I, know. I, it might be fire. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to say. All right, but we, <laughs> let's do this. I, I have one for you. Please. So we're going to keep Brianna Tarth. You've got one other option here. Brianna Tarth or Arya? Brianna Tarth. 
interesting. You want to know why? Because um, I'll sure. tell you why. Okay. Because the the whole early goings of the show, you can't you can't remove the thought from your mind that she was like a nine year old girl. Exactly. Season one. Affair. I didn't. I couldn't even watch when they did when they did that scene in the in the final season. I oh, when when Pod got it. I don't no, want to see. I don't want to see that. I associated yeah. her with like the you know, yeah no. So I would have to I would have to bite the metaphorical bullet and go Brienne of Tarth Fair. out of pure, um, you know. I think that's a reasonable answer too, and I think yeah. many. By the way, I think many people would totally agree with me on that. They go Agreed. all right, fine, Brienne, get get over here. I don't want to, but I'm gonna, you know. The, this is out of my own self-respect. Right, so who's number one for you in the show? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Pro probably one of the one of the ladies of the night, but I, they were like yeah, like real characters. Probably seriously, seriously. Okay, she might not like you. You don't share her blood. <laughs> I'd have to go back and look. I'm sure there were a couple. I'm sure there were a few that. I mean, Masande is going to be pretty high up there. Which one was she? She was, uh, um, like the assistant chick that got her head cut off at the end. Who was the crazy? Who was the crazy lady of fire and everything that did spells and stuff? Lady Melisandre. I didn't like that. Uh, that you don't want to go down that one, man, because all of a sudden she's gonna put a leech on you or something like that and create some ghoul to like get back at you if you're just like, I, I think we should just be friends. We'll we'll return to we'll come back to this and I'll have to think. I'll have to think um who my number one would be. I mean eager a little bit, but I don't need to get into like I don't need a wildling in my life. That seems like a weekend no, thing. Go, that's like no, that's somebody you, you pick up in Vegas for a Friday, Saturday. No wild, you can't go wildlings. No, uh, I think you got to go down to one of those crazy gals from Dorne, man. It's just like beautiful beaches, and it's just it'd be like hanging out in Spain if you had money. You're probably right. Jimmy Butler is another guy in the mid sevens today, going up against the Pels. Uh, also, another thing to consider here in this game before we wrap it up, appreciate you guys hanging out and uh, tolerating the shenanigans, but Brandon Ingram's another one dealing with an illness on the second of a back-to-back, -back, and his status remains unclear. So we'll see. Willie Green said that he's still not sure that he's going to be able to play today either, and he said that yesterday. So like that, that could change things around for this Pelican squad. I would really like him to play because I took Zion's under on prize picks today. That could get ugly. Well, I like the spot either way, but if, yeah, if sure. he plays, then I locked in a really good line. If he doesn't play, I think I just locked in the line and I don't, it won't be too bad, but either way, I took the under. Rozier Richardson are out still. Uh, Tyler Harrow is questionable. Knowing what we know now, assuming that Tyler Harrow plays, is Jimmy Butler your highest exposed uh, Miami player? He is not, but it's close. I have 10% of Hero, 8% of Butler. This Miami team just doesn't look very good. They have 
uh, 40% aggregate ownership, which is the fourth lowest mark for today. But it's really just 10% to Jimmy, 10% to Hero, and like 8% to Bam. The only three people that I think you could realistically roster today are those three guys. They're the only three guys that have 10% or higher optimal rates as well. Not a great matchup against the Pels. Pels defense has been oddly good, and I don't think people would really realize that just based on what their team is. I don't, and again, it's Miami as a slow team, as a not good offense. Getting Butler back certainly doesn't help anybody else. It's kind of bleak for for Miami. It is bleak. Doesn't look doesn't look great. And now you're talking about a Pelicans team where if we have Brandon Ingram, that changes a lot. Or if we sorry, if we don't have Brandon Ingram, that changes a lot. Uh, as it stands now, if you assume that Brandon Ingram plays. We've got about 13% going to a $4,800 Herb Jones, small forward, power forward, eligible. Zion about 9%. And then no one else is really garnering any ownership on this team. Well, as I've already mentioned, we're hoping that Brandon Ingram was not on the court. But we have him projected in. I have him projected in. I'm once again going to heavy doses of Herb Jones, 4,800, small forward, power forward, only person in double digits of ownership. We don't have him getting to 10% optimal. I'm well north of that mark. Uh, he's in so much of my lineups that I don't even want to reference it because I know that it'll come down. But uh, one of my highest exposed guys right now is Herb Jones, just because of the flexibility that it entails. If I'm paying up for somebody from New Orleans, it's absolutely Zion. That said, who knows if he plays? Who knows if Brandon Ingram plays? Like, Zion did play a back-to-back at the beginning of January, but he doesn't exactly play a lot of back-to-backs. This doesn't feel like a great back-to-back spot for him either, uh, going up against a, a slower Miami defensive team. But Zion's the best thing you can get here, other than Herb Jones, in my opinion. Now, if we get Brandon Ingram out, fire up more CJ McCollum, fire up a lot more Zion, fire up, fire up your Trey Murphys at 5K, shooting guard, small forward. Herb Jones looks just as good in those situations as well. Um, but for me, it's Herb Jones and Zion. Favorite point guards right now. Actually, let me let's let's do this a little bit differently because this slate's unique, right? And uh, okay. like Josh said, we'll be talking uh, the late slate on the playback stream today after lock. A uh, lot to get into there. A lot of betting. Uh, again, link in the description if you guys want to get to playback. It's a lot of fun, man. You get to watch the games live. We'll have people jumping on and off with bets, with DFS insight, prize picks, all the pick em sites as well, uh, and have some fun throughout the night. So if you're around, make sure to do that. Uh, and as always, links in the description for our Sims lineup generator. I just saw a question. Do I need to be on a desktop or a laptop for the lineup generator? No, we actually, it's optimized for mobile. So you can use that straight from your phone as well. Lineup generator looks real good on a phone for sure. Uh, let's do this. I know it's. I know we don't have a lot in the top range, but let's go two favorite in each tier. So, like, two favorite guys above eight k, and then two favorite mid range guys, and then two favorite value options because there's not a ton of value right now. Okay, easy enough. Two favorite pay up options. That's going to be Alperin Shingoon and Scotty Barnes for me. If we're saying above eight k, okay. What was my next range? Mid-range. It's, it's arbitrary. You know, take it wherever you want. Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jalen Johnson, DeJounte Murray. They are guys that are I've got a pretty sizable stand on. 
uh, Tyus Jones and Jalen Williams. This is like a decent, uh, like here is a concentrated player pool sort of conversation. In the 5K range, Zubats and uh, Grayson Allen. In the 4K range, Herb Jones, Gary Trent, Bilal Koulibaly, uh, Royce O'Neal. And then I don't really have anybody sub 4K. Right which now, is kind of the reason I'm not getting to Shea. Uh, and last question, if Ingram ends up being out, uh, looking at price points and everything, of course he was out yesterday on the front end of a back-to-back. What does that do for the Pels? You, well, if Zion plays in the back-to-back as well, right? that is a, an interesting piece. You're bumping Zion, you're bumping Trey Murphy, you're bumping CJ McCollum. Uh, you can probably start talking yourself into like Jose Alvarado type plays as well. Danneries. Maybe she's the answer. Daenerys? Daenerys, Daenerys. The dragon queen, is that it? The dragon it's all right. It's all right. Overrated for me. I'm looking at the pictures of some of these, how they look now, and boy, have they changed. Yeah, that doesn't sound positive. Um, Look up Maisie Williams. I mean, I've seen her in movies recently, so I know what she looks like. I mean, Sansa's single now, I think. Her and she's not a Joe bro any longer. Hmm. Hmm. Just in case you want to go that direction. I still think Cersei is the, is the one. I, th- I think I'd settle on that. Knowing what you know, I mean, you weren't willing to go to Maisie Williams because she looked young in the first season. Uh, the first episode of the show lets you know that Cersei's a bit more interested in people that are only her brother. <laughs> and then she was accessory to throwing a child out of a window. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. What Cersei long hair or Cersei short hair post the walk of shame? Always long hair. Yeah, agreed. Always long. Agreed. Not a question you need to ask me. Okay. You know? Yeah. Anyway. I think you're sleeping on a Sunday. Hold on. Am I S? Yeah. That's. She's nice. Although she's trying to get with Grey Worm. So she's got no confidence in her body whatsoever. I mean, we're talking about a guy that got all of his goods cut off. Yeah, and then the the the, the nerve to name him Worm. Well, he named himself Grey Worm, I believe. Even worse. Appreciate yeah, you guys. So- we'll see you back here for the next one. Follow Josh and Josh Ingham. I'm Alafi underscore D. FanDuel, talk about that tonight. Deeper dive live before lock. Playback coming up after that. Come hang out. We'll see you guys back here for the next one. Have a great weekend. Peace.